2: Hey, guys, it's Candice and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yep. We thought we would have it all figured out by the time we were in our
3: 30s. But surprise, we don't. We don't. Should I say it again? We don't. (laughs) 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 And it's okay to not have anything figured out, and that's something that we're learning day by day, especially with the constant political state of our world. There is a huge election coming up on November 3rd, and today we have a phenomenal woman here to discuss that and more with us. Um, I know Candace and I both feel extremely passionate about voting and making sure your voice is heard. And... I think now more than ever, that is quite possibly the most important thing we can do.
2: We're sitting down with President of Emerge America, Ashanti Golar. Emerge America is the only organization dedicated to recruiting and training Democratic women to run for office. She's also the founder of the Brown Girls Guide, a community for Black, Brown, and Indigenous women and girls who are interested in Democratic and progressive politics. The Brown Girl's Guide to Politics is also a podcast, which we're going to discuss with Ashanti today. But Emerge America specifically is so incredible because it's specifically raising and elevating women up to run for office. Whether you have experience or not, and that's the whole point, we giggled like a bunch of schoolgirls when we got the email in saying that Ashanti was able to make time. We were able to sit down with her. Without further ado, Ashanti Golar.
3: And we are here with Ashanti Golar. Ashanti, we are so honored to be here with you today. Um, You are such an accomplished woman. There's so many places we could start this conversation. What we really want to discuss with you is... I mean, of course, we know why women should run for office, but let's start there. Let's hear it from you. Why do we want more women in office?
4: Well, thank you first for having me. I'm huge fans of yours. So this is extremely, extremely exciting for me. And to be on and to talk about something that I love so much and care about so deeply. And I always like to start off with the staff. There are 520,000 elected offices in this country. Women are 51% of the population. We do not occupy 51% of those offices. Men still occupy between 70 to 75% of them. When we look at the number of women in Congress, we're still under 25%. When we look at mayors of major cities, we're still under 10%. When we talk about women in state legislatures, we're still under 15%. We still have a long ways to go if we want to have an inclusive democracy. Most people talk about a reflective democracy, but I think it's important to have an inclusive democracy, and that means we have to have women from all walks of life. That means women from different races, ethnicities, backgrounds, LGBTQ women, women with disabilities. That is an inclusive democracy. And when women are in office, they just get things done. We're more collaborative. We're consistent census-driven, we reach across the aisle. There's normally one issue that drives a woman to want to run for office, but when she gets in there, she cares about the whole community. People like to say that women lead on women's issues, but when we think about women's issues, those are family issues. Those are community mm-hmm. issues. They're issues that everyone should care about. And to sum this up, I think a great image that I like to give people of why women are effective. I'm based here in Washington, D.C. We get these crazy snowstorms. And one day after a crazy snowstorm, snow everywhere, it was only the women senators that showed up to the office to want to work. They're showing up in their nice clothes, in their heels, ready to get things done. That is why we need more women in office, because we are here to truly make our country better.
2: And this isn't just, you know, hashtag girl power, But we're women, so we're only rooting for women. This is proven. These are facts. These are things that people can see and read about when women hold office, the consistent changes that come after that.
4: You absolutely can. Just within the Emerge Network, I see all of the changes that our women make. If we want to focus on stay houses for a minute, One of my favorite things to do is to go and look at the legislation that Emerge alums introduced, and it really comes from the perspective of lived experiences. We have an amazing amount of LGBTQ women in our network, and they're introducing legislation around hiring discrimination and ending conversion therapy, really important things that you get when you have representatives from those communities. We like to say that the school-to-prison pipeline for Black children starts in third grade, but the reality is right now it's starting in pre-K, in kindergarten, and we see eMERGE alums introducing legislation to stop expelling kids from pre-K and kindergarten. They're kids. They're going to bite. They're going to pull hair, but Black children are more likely to get expelled for those reasons than non-Black kids. It is really important that we have representatives who are able to see the full picture, to be able to dive in, to bring those unique experiences to the bills that they're introducing because they fully understand the impact. And we can relate that to what we're seeing now during COVID. We're talking about how leaders matter at Emerge. We knew that we weren't going to get the leadership that we needed from the highest office in this land. And when I looked at our Emerge alums, they were the ones who are getting things done at the state and local level. Mayor London Breed, she is the first Black mayor, Black woman mayor of San Francisco. She was the first mayor of a major city to institute shelter in place social distancing. And we saw that San Francisco was one of the first cities to start to flatten the curve until we hit where the curve is going up everywhere. But she was really ridiculed for that. And we see that a lot with women when they make tough decisions. When we were talking about staying at home, Rachel Rollins, who's the DA in Suffolk County, talked about the fact that home actually isn't safe for everyone. We need to remember that there are victims of domestic violence. And this is going to be a very difficult time for them. And we didn't need to decrease those services. We needed to increase those services. And she rang those alarm bells and got other people to start thinking about what was going to be happening in homes for women, but also for children where they're not going to school anymore. So there's not anyone who is going to be able to notice that something is Mm -hmm. most likely wrong. And our Emerge alum, Danica Rome, she is the first transgender state legislator in the country. She took on the USDA because they were making it difficult for families to pick up lunches for their kids. They wanted the kids to come with the parents. And she reminded people, are we supposed to be staying at home? Are we supposed to be keeping things safe? How does this make sense? So she worked with her Emerge sister, Congresswoman Abigail Sandberger, to get the USDA to change that rule. This is what women do. This is what we bring to the table. And I'm proud of what Emerge alums do, but with so many women in elected office do to keep our country strong and to keep our country going.
3: Mm. Wow. I'm already so inspired, like 10 minutes into this conversation. <laughs> um, we are such huge fans of Emerge America, the company that you guys started. And we love the story, how it's just a few women sitting with their cups of coffee, having a conversation and deciding this, this is what we need. Can you take us back to that moment when you decided to start such a monumental organization?
4: Yes. Emerge was founded in 2002 with Emerge California, our very first affiliate. And when we think about California, it's a state, most people are like, yeah, you know, it's more progressive. There's lots of diversity. But back in 2002, there weren't a lot of women in elected office. So a group of women from the Bay Area got together and they said, we, we have to change this. There are all of these phenomenal women who are running for office. We got to make sure that they win and we got to lift up the next generation And that's when they came up with the idea for Emerge. And it was really twofold. It was about really having an in-depth training program to demystify what it takes to run for office, answering all those questions about, how do I write a campaign plan? What do you mean? What's field? We mean knocking doors and phone banking. What is all of that? How do I communicate? How do I raise money? Super, super important in campaigns. Mm -hmm. We teach our women all of that. But most importantly, when they're done with our program, they become a part of the Emerge network. So they have the women that they went through the program with, but also women who have previously gone through the program. They have an executive director. They have the local Emerge supporters who are there for them to be that support throughout their journey. So for us, it isn't just run for office, give you some class. We want to make sure that we're with you to continue giving women that support. And Emerge California did extremely well. So we created Emerge America in 2005 to replicate the process. And I came to the network in 2006 as a co-founder of Emerge Nevada. That's how I became familiar with Emerge. So I like to tell people I'm not new to this, I'm true to this. I really believe in our mission and everything that we do. And I came to the national organization in 2016 as the political director with a brand new role. I left my other job because in my heart, I really wanted to focus on getting women politically and civically engaged. And this was just everything that I wanted. And I got to work on expanding our network, especially post-2016, when I came to Emerge, we had 17 affiliates. We now have 27 affiliates across the country in 2020. And I became the president of the organization in February. And this year, we are celebrating our 15-year anniversary. And I can't think of a better way for us to celebrate it with still a record number of women running, so many of them being Emerge alums. And just so many women that we have to celebrate from our trailblazers, who are the first woman, first woman of color, LGBTQ woman to serve in a position to the fact that it was Emerge alums to help make Nevada the first female majority state legislature. We mm. are just so proud of everything that the women in this network have done and the fact that they came to us to let us be a part of their amazing journey in changing the world.
2: Emerge has trained over 4,000 Democratic women to run and 690 serve currently in office today across the country, which is so incredible. Mm -hmm. And I love hearing, you know, some of the uh, essentially educational programs or tools that, uh, that these women are able to learn from when they engage with Emerge. But what is usually the one thing that they come to Emerge with that is maybe held them back or, or a fear because I'm sure no one goes like, okay, you know what? I've decided to run for, or I'm sure someone does, but a majority (laughs) don't always say I've never really thought of running for office, but now I, I have my calling and I'm just going to do it and I'll figure it out. Like there's a lot to figure out and it's very vulnerable. It's not just, you know, courage. It's a lot of vulnerability as well. Um, that comes with running for office. So what are some of the things that you hear at the beginning when women first enter the program um, and start their journey into running for office?
4: Yeah, all of that is all true. And the first thing that I remind them is everyone starts somewhere. Nancy Pelosi did not start off as Speaker of the House. Yeah. You know, Congresswoman Deb Holland, one of our Emerge alums, one of the first Indigenous women in Congress, she tells her story of being a single mother, struggling with alcohol addiction, then getting her life together, being chair of the New Mexico Democratic Party. And now she's a congresswoman. We like to tell them the stories of the other women who are in this network, that they all also woke up one day and said, I want to run for office. I want to make change in my community. And they decided to do a merge. There is so much that holds women back particularly because we think about everyone, how will this impact my family? How will this impact my job? We put so much weight on us that men don't. Am I smart enough? Should I go back to school? Do I have the right career? Am I good looking enough? What do I need to change? Oh my gosh, what about that bankruptcy? What about that parking ticket? Oh, it took me two times to pass the bar. We think about all of these things We're like Todd will walk into a bar. They'll have on CNN. He starts yelling at the TV. Other people are like, Todd, you need to run for office. And he's like, yeah, I'm running for office. And we're sitting here. We got the intellect. We got the smart. We got the drive. And we're holding ourselves back. So like, that's the biggest thing is ladies don't hold yourself back. Everything that you need to run for office, you already have. And we just teach you how to run for office. The other thing is there's the naysayers. We got to be honest that there are gatekeepers in politics who are all about keeping their power. We're seeing the conversation now around the potential VP picks. We're hearing too ambitious and No one ever says that about men at all. Men are never too ambitious. But women, too ambitious, are you qualified? Can you win this seat? Will people vote for you in this seat? Do you think that you can really represent this district? So they also have to deal with that. And my response is really simple. If women listen to every jerk that told them it wasn't their time to run for office, we wouldn't have any women in office. Because there's always going to be that jerk. So don't listen to those people either. The first step is knowing that you want to do this and really knowing your why. I did a training this weekend for women who are considering running for office. And it was one of my shorter trainings, And I focused on that why. Because that is what is going to get you up every day. You have to remember, why am I doing this? What makes me want to put myself out there? What makes me want to serve? What is making me want to put up with all of this foolishness that I will encounter? That why is going to get you elected and that why is what you need when you're serving because it's going to always be your center, always what you go back to. So if you have your why, if you have your drive, if you have your readiness, It's
3: time to run for office. Mm, Wow. Uh, You guys at Emerge also have a Leaders Matter virtual salon series, which is such a great way to stay home, stay safe, but also stay involved. And you can donate a fee and then just participate and be a part of it. Um, Can you talk to us a little bit more about this?
4: Yes. So we are an organization that prides ourselves on in person training, but in the age of COVID, The main thing for us was the health and safety of Mm -hmm. our staff and also our program members. So we went to a virtual setting and looking around, we knew that our alums were doing really great work that we wanted to highlight Mm -hmm. and talking about their leadership and why leadership was going to matter during this time. So when I was just on a call with the senior team discussing, okay, what is our world going to look like? How are we pivoting? I just blurted out, we need to talk about why leaders matter. And that was the beginning of the Leaders Matters virtual salon series and our messaging during this time. And we started off this series with two of our alums, who are doctors, with Congresswoman Kim Schreier from Washington and Dr. Harel Tibernini from Arizona, who is running for Congress. And we felt it was an important conversation, not only because of the COVID pandemic, but because Congresswoman Schreier is the only woman physician in Congress. And when you think about that, we know Congress is constantly debating healthcare. They're constantly debating women's healthcare. And y'all, we only got one woman in there who knows what is going on. Like all these men be posturing like they know, they don't know nothing. Like they need to be talking to Congresswoman Schreier. She's the one who knows everything. Right. And we want to make sure that we get her a companion in Dr. Tippernini. And I think, again, that shows why we need women from all walks of life. And that was a really important conversation for us to have. And I love the fact that it was also one of our very family friendly events. We took questions from kids who wanted to know where the germies came from and when were they going away? And they answered them with such grace and so informative as always. And we continued the conversation, not only with leaders from our network, but from leaders in the movement. I was able to have a really great conversation with Cecil Richards about the need to uplift and support black, brown, and indigenous women. She's doing supermajority now, which is one of our important partners. And I enjoy being able to have that conversation with her about why women's representation was important, but the need to make sure that we were increasing the representation of women of color. And we even love our men who love women. Last week, I had a great conversation with Senator Cory Booker, who is one of the male senators, just male elected officials, who is really about uplifting women, not only by encouraging them to run for office, but also by the legislation that he introduces. So to be able to have that conversation about why men need to support women Mm -hmm. was really important. But even when talking about Leaders Matter, it wasn't only in the context of our alums and what they were doing and what other national leaders were doing. It also really made me think about the women who are graduating from our programs. I talked about the COVID pandemic, but I like to say that we're actually in the middle of two pandemics. We're in the middle of a health pandemic and a racial injustice pandemic. Mm -hmm. And the women who are running during this time, for me, they're not only going to have the ability to have a profound impact on policy, but really reimagining those policies, reimagining criminal justice reform, reimagining healthcare, care, reimagining education. And it's something that we so need. And their leadership is going to be just really important. The fact that they wanted to step up and lead during this time. I'm thankful for their leadership and all the amazing things that they're going to do when they run for office and when they're serving.
3: You have an incredible podcast to elevate the voices of women of color called the Brown Girls Guide to Politics. Um, Talk to us about what that experience is like, what your podcast is like and interviewing some of your idols that come on.
4: Yeah. So the, Idea to create the BGG really came one morning, I was on the way to the airport, I think it was like 5am and I was going through my emails, And I had an email from a young woman who was interested in politics, wanted to know more, asked if she could talk to me. And I got a lot of emails like that all the time. And I also remember being that girl wondering, okay, is there a space for me in politics? Mm -hmm. Is this for me? Because looking around, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. I didn't see a lot of women. I didn't see a lot of women of color. And I was just extremely fortunate and just blessed to start volunteering in politics and have lots of women who saw things in me that I didn't see in myself to allow for me to have a career that I never knew existed. And I always wanted to make sure that I was paying it forward since so many women paid it forward for me. Mm -hmm. So I just started thinking, okay, what is something that I can do just to make it easy for not only young women, but all women of color to see themselves in politics? And I thought about the Brown Girls' Guide to Politics and just having a blog and a website that people could go to. And I emailed some of my friends and I said, hey, you want to join me in putting all of our political business out on the internet about what it's like (laughs) being a woman of color in politics? (laughs) Several of them said yes. And that was the formation of the Brown Girls Guide with the blog and the website. And we did a series called Being the Only Brown Girl in the Room because there are still many times when I am the only brown girl in the room still. And that is still our most popular series to date. And a lot of our readers said, I want to hear these conversations. I want to hear you talking about this. So I said, okay, well, podcasts are popular. I wonder if this could be a podcast. And during that time, I worked with Wonder Media Network and did a lot of their Women Belong in the House podcast series. So I was talking to Jenny Kaplan and I was like, Jenny, do you think the BGG could be a podcast? And she said, Yes, absolutely. And she believed in it, and that was the start of the Brown Girls Guide becoming a podcast. And I was very lucky to email Stacy Abrams, who is an idol of mine. I refer to her as my queen. When we started the blog, I emailed her, and she kicked off our Brown Girl Spotlight. I got to email her about her gubernatorial race. I emailed her again. I said, so Stacey, the BGG is going to be a podcast. Would you be our first guest? And she emailed back right away, which I I don't know how she finds the time, but (laughs) she emailed back right away and she became our first guest. And the guests have included women like Stacey, who is the epitome of servant leadership. We interviewed Kaya Morris. She's one of our Emerge in Vermont. And we actually talked about one of the downsides of politics. She had to resign her seat because of the intense racism that she was facing. And it wasn't healthy for her. It wasn't healthy for her family. We talked to Congresswoman Ayanna Presley about running against the status quo and what that is like. For this season, we partnered with She the People They have their 20 women of color to watch in 2020. We spotlighted those women, and that's been really great and important.
3: Which I'll just give a shout out. You're also one of those women.
4: (laughs) So I I am fortunate to be on the list. (laughs) And we're about to come out with our next season called Freedom Summer, where we're going to talk about everything that has been happening in the country with the protests with the racial unrest and looking about our past and how that has impacted our present and our future. So For me, I really love being able to uplift, the, uplift voices of other women of color. And I just think of the BGG as my love letter to my fellow women of color
2: in politics. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. we're back. Well, we do need to talk about the future because this is a really big year. <laughs> the oh, 100- yes. <laughs> I know we have an election coming up, a very big election coming up. Um, what is your f- personal feeling right now? I mean, this has just been, you talk about earlier how you guys have started this incredible series and the idea of just sitting down and you got to pivot. I feel like this has been the year of pivots where we all just need to kind of, figure out how we're all moving forward in this new way on a day-to-day basis, even just do we wear a mask today or are we not wearing masks? You know, every single little thing in life you have to really think about. On top of now we have an election and voting. How are you feeling right now um, given the current circumstances of the world and the election?
4: I mean, it is a lot. I do remain optimistic. I have my optimistic side because I see all of our alums who have already ran this year and gotten elected. If we want to talk about Wisconsin, if anyone's familiar with that, that was a huge old mess. I think that's the only way I can describe it, huge (laughs) old mess. We didn't even know until election eve that they were going to have elections, but we saw people still turn out and want to exercise their right to vote. We have 59 of our Emerge alums who are on the ballot, 50 of them won. So that makes me extremely optimistic about the fact that people are still getting out there and voting, and they're voting for women who are going to be amazing elected officials. But I also know that we got to have our guard up. All of this shenanigans, again, word I'm going to use shenanigans, happening Great with word. the Postal Service is Really conserving, uh, concerning. You know, just even reading now that no longer will mail in ballots be able to be posted at the bulk mail rate. It's going to be at the 55 cent rate. That is going to be a huge cost for states. In my mind, that is a poll tax. We also have to realize that we're going to another election without the full protection of the Voting Rights Act. And without the voting rights act, we know that the most vulnerable populations that will be impacted are women, seniors, and young people. So we have to look at the fact that there's also a lot of disadvantages at play. And I just tell everyone to keep up to date with what is happening in your state, in your city, around elections, because there's also going to be so much false information out there again There's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to suppress the vote, do the silly things that they do with robocalls, saying election day has changed. We've seen where people will put flyers on people's door telling them to go to the wrong polling location. We just have to be really diligent this year because our vote, every every election is critical and crucial. But it is just so important this year because there is so much at stake.
3: Right. I, we cannot stress enough how important the polls are this year. Um, you guys have so many Emerge that are running. Are, are there a few people we can highlight right now?
4: Oh, my goodness. There are so many we can highlight. <laughs> we, we have the list on our website if people want to go to org and look at our 2020 candidates. but the, one of the candidates I'm really excited about is Sarah Gideon, who is the Speaker of the Maine House, who is running for Senate. I absolutely love her, really pumped about her race, and she would be our first senator. She's really great. And so many of our alums who are also up for reelection, including Congresswoman Lucy McBath from Georgia Six, if her name sounds familiar. Her son is Jordan Davis. He was a young man who was shot and killed for playing loud music in his car. After Jordan's death, she became a gun violence prevention activist. She would lobby members of Congress to want to improve gun laws. They would say, Lucy, there's nothing that I can do. So she decided that she was going to run for Congress. And Mm -hmm. she now sits on the committee that is able to change those laws and has accomplished so much. I think of some of our great women in Colorado, Representative Brianna Titone, who is the first open transgender state legislator in Colorado, and Leslie Harrit, who is the first Black LGBTQ woman elected in Colorado. Those are really important. And I really want to see them get reelected, too, because those Emerge alums help make Colorado the second state to have the most women serving in the state house But all across the country. We have so many phenomenal women who are running. I'm excited even already about 2021 we're going to have emerge alums who are going to be running for every statewide executive position in Virginia including Jennifer Carroll Foy who's going to be running for governor Mm -hmm who's going to be running for Lieutenant Governor. We just had a woman go through our emergency Virginia Boot Camp, who's going to be running for Attorney General, which is another important race. We have an initiative with the Democratic Attorneys General Association called the 1881 Initiative to get more Democratic women AGs. I'm just so excited about all of these women. They're just fabulous, fabulous, fabulous.
3: And you guys make it so simple on your website too. You go to emergeamerica.org and you just click on your state and you can even yeah. see all the all the alum running and and it's just the way that you have structured it makes a somewhat complicated issue simpler, which is so great especially in this time of so much misinformation. In that realm like how do you recommend that we kind of break through the noise of all the misinformation that's out there?
4: Yes. This is something that I remind people all the time is when we look at our social media timelines, they're curated to the things that we like. So we even have to be diligent about different news sources and checking what is true, what is false. And the best thing to do is to actually go to your state government websites and find out the information to still pick up a phone and call or if you are someone who prefers social media, send them a DM. Just really do your own fact-checking. And when you're reading the news, read different articles so you do get those different perspectives. That is really important, especially if you're seeing something that just looks completely just far-fetched. And you're just, I, I don't even think that's legal in this country. Go, go and check it out because the misinformation is definitely going to be rampant. That's another concern. We know that Russia is, once again, interfering in our elections. So keep an eye out on things and making sure that if something seems funny to you, that you're researching it and trying to get the best information that you can.
2: I mean, it's crazy that here we are, 2020, and we're still having to worry about these things, that you think that technology would have progressed or that we would be able it'd be a simple thing just to find the truth <laughs> and and that yeah. has become sometimes feels like searching for a needle within a haystack yeah. and i'm sure that's something that a lot of women who come through the emerge program f- I'm fear that you know you're going to run for office and then there's going to be all these lies and misinformation spread about you or your campaign and how you you know will yourself against all of that, what are some of the things that our listeners can take away from, you know, aspects of the Emerge program and apply to their day-to-day life? You know, things that will help them overcome tough situations in life that maybe can be related to uh, women running for office.
4: When I'm doing my trainings, when I used to do my trainings in person, I know that day will come again. I always start off by asking the women, okay, think about all the things that you did before you came to this training. From the minute you woke up, think about it. And I give them a minute or two to think about it. And I say, you took care of yourself. You probably took care of other people in your household. You took care of a pet. You went to work. You helped people there. You probably did something around finances. You did something around the community, you know, and heads are nodding. And I let them know that's all part of being an elected official. Those are all the things that you're going to have to do when you run for office, when you're in elected office. So if you're doing all of these things now without having an elected position, what makes you think that you can't run for office? And then you see them start to smile like, yeah, I really be doing a lot of things. Like, I'm a badass woman. Like, yes, yes, you are. And then we talk about readiness. We talk about mental readiness, physical readiness, emotional readiness, and starting to think about all those things because campaigning really is draining. So, starting to think about all the things that they're going to need to feel prepared. We always advise our women to have their kitchen cabinet. Your campaign staff is your campaign staff. Your kitchen cabinet. Are the people that you can go to who will say, all right, you're going to knock those extra 10 doors. You're going to get it done. But are also the people who will say, yeah, so need to talk to you about that outfit that you wore to that event. We may need to rethink it because we have to be honest. Those are things that women have to face. So to have those people who are there to talk to, who will be honest with you and who will be real with you. But the biggest thing that we tell our women is to be your authentic self because when you're not your authentic self, that will come across. So if you are not a heel wearer, if you're not a blazer wearer, if you're not a makeup wearer, don't change all of that just to run because it will show that you're uncomfortable. Just wear your best, most comfortable shoes, wear your best outfit. If you just put on a BB cream, do your thing. Mm -hmm. And when you have those attacks, be upfront and own it, get ahead of it. One of the things that we do when we're doing the public speaking part of the training is we'll ask the women, okay, what is that thing that you fear the most that someone is going to say? And we've heard everything from, I've failed the bar a few times. I want to run for school board, but I don't have kids because I'm unable to have kids, but I still love kids and want for them to have a great education. We hear that I declared bankruptcy. And I can elaborate on that one for our alum who had declared bankruptcy. We asked her why. And she said, well, I was one of the people who did not make it through the housing and the financial crisis. I lost my house. I lost everything. A lot of my neighbors lost things. And we told her, that is something that makes you relatable. If the people in your district were also impacted by that, it will make them want to have someone who knows what it's like and who will prevent that when they're in elected office. And we helped her with that messaging. She talked about it. And she beat a 20-year incumbent. So don't think about all of those negative things as something that will prevent you from running for office. Those are things that make you authentic. Those are things that make you relatable. So many people right now feel that their elected officials are failing them. And they want people who truly get it. We're about to see mass evictions. We're Mm. seeing kids going to school and they're going to be suffering from COVID. We don't know what this recession will really look like and how it's going to end. But those people who have elected officials who have been through that, they're the ones who are really fighting because they know what it's like and they're going to do their best to prevent it. So don't let the negative, the things that scare you, prevent you. Those are the things that make you what we need to have in elected office.
3: And I've heard you talk about on Brown Girls Guide to Politics, getting involved in politics on a local level and how mm-hmm. important it it is for our listeners that don't maybe don't necessarily want to run for an office, but they do feel compelled to get involved. Um, what is the best way for them to do that?
4: There are so many things that you can do. And our state and local level politics are super important. Because those are the offices, the decisions that are made that have the biggest impact on your everyday life. We always want to talk about Congress and the presidency, yes, but it's your county commission, your city council, your sheriffs, your DAs. They really are the people who are going to be making the decisions that impact you locally. Like right now, people really aren't gathering for large events. I also recommend people don't go volunteer. People are having large events. You can virtually phone bank for people. People are hosting lots of virtual fundraisers. I think low-dollar donations are extremely important, especially for women candidates. Don't think that your $5, $10, $15 won't have an impact on a campaign. All of that money does add up. And most women are usually out in their first race, but what they don't have in money, they make up in having a really great message and being able to communicate with people. Tell your other friends about the candidate. Even if you like someone who isn't running in your district, but you know people who are running in their district, reach out. Right now, it's really about relational organizing is what we call it. And talking to the people that you know about getting involved, your tweet can have a great impact. Your Facebook message really uplift and support those women. There's just simple little things that you can do to help promote their campaigns that can help propel the women to victory.
2: And I want to see those women propelled to victory <laughs> this year, so especially
3: do I. Oh.
2: <sighs> Oh man, how have you been handling COVID through this personally? I, we've asked this yeah. from a few of our guests, um, but how how are you doing going into, you know, we're in the month of August right now when we're recording this. And so here in California, we've kind of had this second wave, but is there anything else that you would like to add for our listeners that um, maybe little things that have inspired you or specifically with Emerge that has really uh, kept a a light on in your heart come moving forward into the the fall and the winter time.
4: Oh, well, thank you for asking that. And for me, it really is the women in this network that are bringing me joy during this time. I love the fact that this is what I get to do every day to wake up and this is my job that has really been my guiding light, my shining light during this time is knowing that there are women out there who are still doing the right thing and want to make our country better. And there's more women who are stepping up to run and to lead and to make changes. That has been the best thing for me is that I'm fortunate to do this during this time. And I'm just super excited to see everything that the women have accomplished, that they're going to accomplish. That is
3: what keeps me going. Mm. Shanti, you are definitely the, the calm in this crazy political storm. And it's so <laughs> nice to talk to you and to, um, you know, clear out all that misinformation and get some direct, solid advice and um, information during this time that is quite difficult for all of us, you know, in different ways. So thank you for coming to join our conversation and sharing all this great information with
4: us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed this so, so much. And like I said, I'm just a fan of yours. So this is really, (laughs) really cool for me.
3: For our (laughs) listeners who we know are fans of yours after this conversation, if they weren't already, where can they find you and um, Emerge?
4: Yes, so you can find Emerge on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Emerge America, and you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ashanti Golar, just my name.
3: And you can also listen to Brown Girls Guide to Politics for any and all information for everything coming up. Um, Ashanti, we love you. Thank you. And thank, oh, you, so
2: you.
0: thank you so much. Thank you.
2: I mean, how many times have we just said, she's so cool? (laughs) We are officially fangirls, Ashanti. Um, And I'm also so excited to vote. I don't know if you guys saw a few weeks ago on our Instagram, we posted a video with Michael Trevino, who we both worked with on the Vampire Diaries. And we were working with I'm a Voter, specifically to remind you on Register a Friend Day to make sure that you're registered. So... All this information that you guys just heard about everyone running for office, yeah, guess what? You have the chance to vote for them. (laughs) But in order to vote for them, you got to be registered. And an easy way to do that is to go to Iamavoter.com. Again, that's Iamavoter.com. When you go to that website, you can get registered to vote, you can check your voter registration status, and you can even sign up for election reminders, which I have signed up for, and they're so convenient because I have a little text that pops up and tells me where all my polling stations are, what upcoming elections are coming up, and it is great. Are you excited to vote, Kayla? Are you ready? Of course I am excited to
3: vote, and what I love so much about I Am A Voter, they make it so simple. You can... Text the word voter to two, six, seven, nine, seven. That's voter to two, six, seven, nine, seven. And you have all that information at your fingertips. One thing I love so much about Ashanti, too, is she recommends go to your state website, do your own research, read several news articles on the same topic to make sure that you don't have any misinformation. And we need to do that. Unfortunately, right now with the state of our world, we have to take it into our own hands and let's do that. Have you always been this excited to vote? I was always excited to have a vote and have a say. I think there were times when maybe I didn't understand how much difference my vote made. But now, especially in the climate of our world, I definitely know what a difference one vote can make. Um, And I am just if, if tomorrow was November 3rd, I couldn't be happier. So you guys remember November 3rd is the date. Don't forget it. Put it in your phone. Set
2: reminders. Let's do this. Yep, and if you guys want to learn more about the candidates that we talked about on this podcast today, go to EmergeAmerica.org.
0: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray five-in-one gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves, without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from rust
4: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com.
3: Moonpig.com
1: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all
2: What a fabulous episode. Ashanti, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to our listeners for joining us this week. We'll have an all-new episode of Directionally Challenged ready to go next week. Happy voting.